0: Hi, folks. Welcome today to uh, to my podcast, Uniform Life and Retirement. Here with Doctor Jay. Uh, I'm Doctor Jay here in the uniform area of Hickory, North Carolina. I've got two very special guests with me this morning. Uh, Alicia Morgan, she's the owner of Muscle RX in Hickory, yeah. and Darnell Morgan, the owner of Resilient Movement and Performance. So we've got uh, two two good entrepreneurs right here, the local, and uh, they've got a special. They want to introduce their business about what they do. How they can help the uh, the area. And then we'll go into a, a very special story that Darnell has. So, Alicia, Muscle RX, uh, tell us a little bit about it.
1: Uh, we have been in the Hickory area since 2009, um, serving over 10,000 people with over a 93% success rate with acute and chronic pain. Uh, we perform what is called corrective manual and stabilization therapy, where we can rewrite muscle memory patterns, everything from like, pain to performance to bad habits
0: so you uh you help people uh get rid of the pain to yes. ease the pain right so yeah, that's good we
1: have that and we also have you know kids who want to get stronger and bigger and faster and we can help on that aspect
0: too so you help them out as they're younger into their middle school high school and even college years
1: and
0: professionals professionals yep. so great so, i mean that's outstanding yep. and hickory never had something like that years ago so uh yeah that, that's good that's good <laughs> something new that's great and you've been doing i've seen you on facebook it's on show, social media um, muscle rx uh it's a great business so uh please look up alicia and uh, visit her have any kind of questions i'm sure she'd be uh be great to answer emails or questions at all so uh, anything you need. thank you yeah. for that darnell resilient movement and performance tell us about that business sir
2: Resilient movement and performance. Um, I kind of piggyback off of what she does. Um, I'm a personal trainer in the area. And I work with adults and athletes who are dealing with pain, injury, coming off of an injury, surgery, and just looking to get back to their old self and be able to think, be able to do the things that they're used to doing.
0: That's good. So, people when they're in pain, they come and see you. And with a ninety-three plus percent, I mean that's that's really good. Yeah, uh, it, when they leave, it, they feel better. Yeah. So wonderful, so good, so outstanding. Glad glad to have you folks here today, okay. and glad to have your businesses here in Hickory as well. So uh, thank you for that. Absolutely. So Donnell, you had you've got a good story for us, and I think there was uh, something you had go on back in February, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And I was going to have you share you and Alicia share a little bit about that story, kind of let our viewers hear about what happened, and we'll go from there.
2: OK, absolutely. Um, start with, um, I had pulmonary embolism, which is a blood clot in my lungs. Something I thought I'd never have, but here we are dealing with it now. Um, the way it started, um, I had a coach's retreat. I coached football, so we had a retreat that we were going to out in Arkansas. And a couple of weeks before we were supposed to go out, I knew we were flying on a plane. And somewhere I had heard or read that pulmonary embolisms can kind of move and stuff if you're in a plane. Because, um, like I said, two weeks before that, I was feeling some kind of pain and discomfort in my leg. And I remember years ago when I had a knee surgery, um, that same kind of feeling happened. And I had my first blood clot back then. That was probably 2015, I believe. So it was some of that same feeling. So I was like, well, let me just get checked out now just to be sure, because I don't want to hop on a plane if I'm dealing with this. So, um, we go to the, the emergency room and we get checked out and they don't find anything. So I'm like, I'm good, I'm clear. So I I go ahead on the trip and probably a day or day and a half into the trip, I started feeling like that same discomfort in my leg, but in the back of my head, I'm like, well, they said I don't have a blood clot, so I'm just going to ignore it and just roll. And I dealt with that. The pain kind of increased as the days went by, but I just chalked it up to maybe it was a long plane ride and dealing with something from that. Um, Then we got back home probably, I think we were out there four days, I believe, and I just felt sick, like just really drained and run down. And I was thinking that maybe it was jet lag. I never experienced jet lag because I only flew. This is my second time flying. So I kind of reached out to some of the coaches and said, Have you guys experienced any of this? Is anybody feeling bad? And there was maybe one other guy that felt similar to how I felt. Um, So I believe I told her uh, she was away at the time what was going on. And I took some meds and I said, I'll just relax and it'll probably go away. So then that night um, when I laid down, I had to be up early for church in the morning for setup. And I, I started getting this pain like in my upper back. And it kind of kept me from sleeping, so I was tossing and turning most of the night. And I got up the next morning, and the same symptoms started. Pain in my back, I was starting to get some chest pains, and just feeling kind of drained and ran down. And I took more meds that day, and just figured I'd give it another day or so, and then told her about what was going on. And then she was like, um, if you're still feeling this way, either a day or two from now, then we're going to the hospital. So a couple of days passed by and I'm still feeling that same type of stuff. So we're kind of going back and forth trying to figure out what it could be. Of course, I'm Googling and (laughs) looking up stuff on the Internet. Mm -hmm. And we gathered that it may be related to a gallbladder. I believe it was.
1: Well, yeah, it was so... (laughs) timeline (laughs) um he got back that Saturday I was on a work retreat as well and um I was coming back on Sunday in fact we actually met at church um that Sunday and we were coming home it was Monday that we actually went to the doctor um because he had he came back that Saturday morning Um, and so like all day Saturday I wasn't there and I was just like okay you know what's the the easiest medication to give him you know which would be like either Tylenol or like Motrin you know and to me you know I, I tend to lean more toward like the ibuprofen just in case something was like happening that was like clot related something to that extent or whatever I was thinking more like platelet you know like Right. You know, let's and so whenever um, he did try Tylenol first, because um, that's all we had in the house. Um, so he tried Tylenol first and it didn't touch anything. Um, and then I noticed even at church, like he had to get up and walk out of church, which is unlike him. Um, and whenever he left, uh, like we hadn't really talked. As far as, like, you know, he just said he was feeling bad, you know, just like a guy. Right. (laughs) Shrug it off. Not really, like, tell everything that was really going on. (laughs) Um, And so whenever he got up and walked out, and I was just like, oh, you know, like, maybe it's digestive, maybe seven, you know, like, issues or whatever. Um, And then whenever we got home... He was just like, I can't, like, it's hard to, like, really even take, like, a full breath. It's, you know, like, there's pain. And what he thought was, like, upper back, like, whenever he really pinpointed it, it was actually, like, more on, like, the the outside of his rib cage. And um, so, and it was just, like, radiating up and down and, you know, like, doing what I do, you know. I was like, okay, well, maybe he pulled a muscle or he did something like that. And I, as soon as I started like palpating and like feeling on him, I even like put him on our bed and I was like, you know, turn this way and turn that way, like testing him and stuff as best I could without any, you know, stuff. Um, He like nothing was touching the pain. I was like, this is not muscular by any way, shape or form. Um, and so that's when you know he I was you know googling, he was googling, I reached out to some of you know colleagues and stuff, and um you know, having a medical background, you know it it was hard because you know as much as you want to help, this is one reason they say you know like don't ever treat your family right. um because like you kind of get like swooped up into their emotions too, you know, and so um, I was reaching out to some colleagues for some unbiased opinions, and uh, one of them was just like, "Yeah, it, it does sound like gallbladder. I can I can go ahead and call in a script for that." something stopped us from actually going and getting that script. Like something happened during the day to where we couldn't make it in time. Um, And so I was like, okay, I'll go and get it tomorrow. But lo and behold, I had reached out to another another colleague that didn't really text me back at the same time the other one did. And he texted me like 10 o'clock that night and was just like, Hey, like this sounds pretty serious. Can I call you? And so um, got on the phone with him and, we got to talk and he was like get him to my office like as soon as possible I was like okay so you know if it was gallbladder it could rupture but he wanted to rule some other things that was out Um, I never wanted
2: it to be a gallbladder (laughs) so bad (laughs) because I knew the alternative was not very
0: good. You Um, was pulling for the gallbladder. Yeah, so we
1: were pulling for the gallbladder. We were like, oh, this is, you know, it's in spasm. But the one thing that kept us is like, just FYI for anybody out there that's dealing with possible gallbladder issues, um, it only happens for like 30 minutes to an hour after you eat. So like, yeah, so you don't have issues like, you know, that linger unless it's already like ruptured or something to that extent so um we were he he ended up sleeping on the couch I slept on the other couch because I wasn't leaving his side at this point I was just like okay you know we're gonna make it through the night and you know get him there and again you know just thinking it was something simple but you know it's an easy surgery you know like if if it is like this is this is really easy like it's it's fine you know like so we went um, to we went to the um, to Dr. Desantis. I going to give him a plug because he is hands down probably one of my favorite doctors out there. I like him a lot. Um, my favorite too now. Yeah. I like <laughs> um, yeah, so, for
0: Dr. Desantis. Yeah, Dr.
1: Shout Desantis. Out Dr. DeSantis. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Dr. Desantis um, met us at the. Um, at his office, like, bef- like, honestly, like, right before it was opening. Really? Um, nice. And he was just like, hey, I'll, let's get you checked out. They did a chest x-ray. Um, and they are like, okay, we see, you know, inflammation in the area. They, I, you know, see x-rays day in and day out, of course, looking at, like, bones and, you know, other things that are out of place, not necessarily looking at structures like lungs, inflammation, things like that. Um so he was just like yeah uh okay i want to run one more test and i was like all right so he went and done a blood test and it was called a d-dimer test that like tests the proteins in the blood and (laughs) they told us they were like okay so a bad score is like you know 500, you know, at worst, 700. And it said it will come back in about an hour, you know, just hang around Hickory and we'll bring you back. It could be one of two things. We rolled out gallbladder. We think it's either pneumonia or potentially a blood clot. And so they were like, but before we even get you a CT, which is like thousands of dollars, um, let's at least do this test. And so we did the test and we were...
2: Over at MuscleRx. Yeah, we were kind of. Uh, <laughs> I think she was working or something, and, yeah. and I, I was in my office waiting just for him to call. So I'm laying on one of my tables, and <laughs> seemed like it took forever. It was about maybe an hour, mm-hmm. and I was just hoping for th- that this would just be pneumonia, because I've you know I've heard about and read about pulmonary embolisms, and you know how fast they can literally kill you and take you up out of here so um, I'm waiting on the call he finally calls and he I was standing up just kind of pacing back and forth waiting for him to get to the point because he was talking about other stuff and I wasn't really hearing that at the time and finally I guess he was preparing me and he was like talking about the D-Dimer test and he said normally an elevated number would be you know six seven hundred and that mine's was fourteen thousand,
1: and it's twenty eight tons, the, the
2: highest that he'd ever seen. And that yes. I, I, probably have a massive blood clot, and I needed to get to the emergency room immediately. Mm-hmm. And I, from that point, like I, it's like your body just goes numb. I didn't really hear anything else he was saying. He was still talking, right. but I had kind of checked out after he told me that, and. Um, so I was just trying to go in the office to get Alicia, and she was in the middle of something. And I was like, "You need to talk to the doctor. You know, he's got to tell you what's going on." And I was waiting for her to come back, What seemed like <laughs> the longest time ever. Oh, it was the it was time I heard to my that call. and
1: getting up. <laughs> so I went back
2: out there because in my mind she wasn't coming fast enough. And I was like, "I need you to come talk to him now." And then I gave her the phone, and I just kind of sat on my bed or table in the office and the doctor's talking to her and I and I'm just looking at her face and I can kinda see her facial expression start to change. She's starting to get emotional. She's starting to cry and I'm like, you know, oh crap, this is real. You know, that's that's when it really got real for me. Because she's usually one that you know, she takes the hard news like that, and she's pretty good about it. But when I saw what the news did to her, like I said, I just kind of shut down. Everything was numb. I couldn't really hear anything. <laughs> the only thing I could think of, kind of like in the movies, you know, when like a bomb goes off right. and then that ringing sound is in your ear, but you can't really hear anything else, that's how it was for me. Um So we got in the car, and I'm just laying back looking up at the sky, and she's driving and crying, and she's calling my mom and telling that she needs to get here. And um, it was probably the longest ride I've ever took in my life going to the hospital.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, you know, coming, like I said, from a medical background, you hear a lot of things. You go through a lot of training, and um like knowing what I know about the body like the news was not good and in fact actually um whenever we got there like we were expecting you know there was like this massive blood clot and you know in in the back of my head I'm saying okay like with technology today they can they can go in they can break it up they can remove it you know like surgically that's something that is you know almost to where it's, it takes the the scare out of it because there's, you know, evasive measures that they can do to, like, get it done quickly. Um, and if it's a really massive blood clot, it's not moving. Like, you know, it's not going anywhere. It's just going to be there and, you know, it's going to restrict blood flow and can create others. Um, but it's, you know, to me, it was... It was, you know, still emotional, but like we, I'm like going through, you know, <laughs> my med textbooks at this uh, point, like going through and like, okay, well, this is the good thing, you know, like, and I'm, I'm really big on trying to like highlight positives. It's like we, we got this. We're gonna get this done, you know, like, um, and I'm, I'm watching him, and as a, as a wife, to watch him break I rely on him you know I rely on his strength um he's the logical one you know he's the one that holds things together and like usually when everything's going crazy in life like he's the one that's just sitting here like he's the steadfast you know he's the one that's immovable right and that was whenever I realized I had to be that um him and so I had to like had to clean myself up real quick and I was like okay you know God's got this because he wouldn't have brought us here you know alone so um we got to the we were told that a triage nurse would be waiting for us at the ER um to bypass anything and to get him straight onto a bed um and that didn't really work or pan out as well as we thought there's a long line whenever we got there and he's sitting there and I'm just like they literally said the triage nurse would be waiting for us and of course she was but she was like waiting in another room like to get processed and, <laughs> to get get processed to and everything right. and you could see her start to peek out <laughs> But the lady that was taking everybody, like they, she kind of like was shooing me to the back or whatever, and I was just like, "No, I'm not having this." I was just like, "Somebody's here waiting for us," so right. I kind of like, almost like stormed. <laughs> right. I was like storming the forces at that point, and then we finally got him back. Um, and they were taking, like, his blood pressure and everything, and I was getting antsy, and I was like, guys, like, I I know that you have to do this, but I need you to, like, get him quickly to a bed. Like, he's not supposed to be moving that much more than what he is right now, and um, I was definitely not one of their favorite people that day. Um, As soon as we got him to the bed, and I was like, okay, finally, you know, like, we're, we're here at the hospital, like, they're going to confirm, you know, the blood clot, and then we'll, we'll hear measures. And I was just waiting for, you know, them to say, okay, he needs to go into surgery. We're going to, you know, break this up and get him admitted and all of this. And um, so they they came in. They hooked him up, uh, got IVs in him. Um, I think, he, you know, that was probably for me the longest wait. Everything else was, like, pretty standard and, like, rush time, and I know, like, for him, that was, like, the time that it was, like, slowest, like, was getting the results for me was having the ER doc come in there, um, and she was, she was great, like, she really was, she was very, like, on it, um, the nurses were coming and checking on him, like, every five minutes, um, and so they finally rolled him back to CT, and whenever they came back out, Um, at this point, the, uh, DeSantis, he was just like, Alicia, you may want to go ahead and start making arrangements to get your kids. And I was like, okay. So I heard that, but I didn't hear it. And then, um, uh, the doctor came back in, they rolled him back in and then, um, they were like, okay, this is it. They were like, um, you have 18 Blood clots in your lungs?
0: <laughs> Not one, but 18. Again, right. <laughs>
2: never would have been so happy to see one blood clot in my I know. life. Right. 18 was 18. But, a um, bit much.
1: 18 had uh, 10 in one lung and 8 in the other. And um, they told us that, that there was zero surgical options to um, do anything because the clots were over the arteries that would feed to his brain and to his heart. So if they even tried to move one of those clots, dislodged it, whatever, it was going to be heart attack, stroke, um, or aneurysm. So they were like, At this point, we're going to have to wait and see. And, like, where they're located is probably one of the most dangerous areas. We're going to get started on heparin. But even that is, like, a waiting game to see if it will work in time because we're we're almost past the point of that. And so um, I, I, I walked out. I'm sorry. No,
0: you're
2: fine.
1: I walked outside of his room um, to make the f- necessary phone calls and to tell his mom what was going on, and um, and the doctor followed me out, and she was like, "We don't know how long he has, but we're gonna go ahead and make the um, arrangements to go ahead and admit him into the hospital because, like, we don't, we just don't know right now. It's a waiting game." Um, and at that point, I was like, "I may actually lose my husband
2: today." And I, <laughs> I, I never knew that part. <clears throat> I can't remember when she told me about the the number of clots, but. I didn't find this out until later on, weeks later. The number
1: of clots was actually told to you in,
2: so the, see how, well, in I, the ER. Like I said, mind you, in that state of mind, I, I was kind of um, checked out.
1: Yeah, because she was telling us, like, you know, I found out the same time he did about the 18 clots and the 10 and one and, you know, the eight and the other and where they were located and the whole surgery thing. But you could just see him, like, I I just remember him closing his eyes and squeezing my hand, and I was just like, "No matter what." <laughs>
2: that's a that's a lot. Um, like, you know, <laughs> we're obviously <laughs> believers, and you know, it's easy to talk about your faith and and believing, but in that moment, in the moment of truth, when things really happen. It's a true test of your faith. And at that time, I the only thing I could think of is, you know, he'll never leave me. Right now, me relying on myself, I know I'm not going to make it. So I had to lean on her. I had to lean on his word. But, I mean, I didn't know that the doctor even told her that as far as, like, i might not make it i just decided in the room that you know i'm not done yet i don't know how i'm gonna get through this i don't know if i even really believed it at that moment but that's what i was telling myself the whole time and honestly it's crazy how fate works like had she told me that i don't think i would have i think i would have just all right well i guess this is it so I don't know why she didn't tell me for whatever reason. I mean, it was good because— I didn't
1: believe it either.
2: (laughs) I don't think—had I heard that piece of news, I I probably would have lost it. Yeah. Broke, so—
1: I already saw how broke he was just in spirit of where, like, you know, we get to this age and you just, you know, you're still young. You don't think that stuff like this is going to happen. Um you know we have three kids you know 18 and 13 and 12 and it's like you know they still have so much life ahead of them and we're young parents we get told that all the time about how young you know like we get told all the time that like you do not look old enough to have a college you know kid or whatever and you hear that you go through life you know hearing still how young you are you right. know like we're over here you know trying to make our dreams happen and Everything And for this, like, I mean, he literally was coming off of a coaching trip, you know, which is a dream of his. He literally went to another university to learn from them and go through stuff like that and to come back and to feel the, like, the finale of things, you know, like, just that, um, like, things could be ending so quickly and you know we've been together longer than we've been apart. You know we're we're 20 plus in, and I couldn't imagine life without this one. And it was crazy because um, you know like six months prior, God really had me on my knees um, in November. Like it was. It was crazy like we even went we even he took me to dinner he was like we gotta talk (laughs) he took me to dinner and it was before all this ever happened and he was just like i don't know what wife i'm getting you know because of how many changes were being made and um little did i know that god was preparing me for that moment and little little did i know that you know i was gonna have to truly like put my faith to the test and you know it was it was hard that i i could feel the human you know the doubts and all the things that came and i I'll looked at him literally as soon as I came in there and I was like I need to know where you are with Jesus like right. I'm not joking I like grabbed his hand and I looked him in the eye I was like I need to know where you are and he was just like I'm I'm good like it's a lot but I'm good and I was like okay well if, as long as that is good like we, we can, can we can, we can fight, fight from there we can fight right. from there and so um, we finally got admitted into the hospital and you know it again the kids uh, the kids came right before he got admitted i had a friend of mine who oh thank the lord for great friends um she ended up like she was in the middle of like preparing a closing i think and literally stopped everything she did she dropped everything, and she was just calling me to see if, like, my son needed a ride after a practice or something. And I, like, broke down as I was moving the car out of the ER, and I told her what was going on. She left everything. She was like, what do you need? And I was like, I need my three kids up here with me. Like, I got to break the news. And so, um, but they, <laughs> it was, that was the hardest, was to tell them. Like, that we don't know if their dad's coming home. Um, and to watch my oldest and my middle, they broke down, like, immediately. They were just like, this is not happening. But my youngest, oh, my gosh, Kaselyn, she is the strongest little girl I ever seen in my life she literally like she's just like nothing is happening to my daddy <laughs> it was like very very firm in that and it was so funny because the other two like I I got the tissue and I was giving it to caselyn and or I'm sorry I was giving it to Mackenzie and to Rylan and Kinsey took an extra one to give to caselyn and pushed it away she was like I don't need it I'm not crying she was just like, <laughs> <And> <laughs> it was the funniest and The most powerful thing ever, I think, that I've ever seen was to watch my youngest just to have that faith and was just like, my dad is coming home. And, like, it was absolutely... You couldn't tell her anything else. like And the other two were just, like, being hit with the reality, being hit with everything, you know, and the emotion. And she was just like, nope.
0: Faith of a child, right? Faith of a child. Faith of a child.
1: So So
0: this... This thing that you had, uh, Darnell, pulmonary implosion, did I say it Embolism. right? Embolism. 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 Yeah. Uh, it could turn into a heart attack, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Or even cause a stroke. Mm-hmm. Uh, those things, it's not on our bucket list, right? Mm-hmm. Those things are not on our calendars to ever have those things. I mean, especially, I mean, those things that we just described that happened to Darnell, I mean, I'll even go, you said 18 blood clots. 18. I'll bring it down to half. Nine blood clot. That happens to somebody that's older, right? Maybe somebody that's You'd not think. you would think, that's right? What they say, <laughs> uh, Darnell, you're you're under forty, right? Yes, thirty nine to be 39. exact. You're right there at that almost <laughs> forty. Uh, it just doesn't happen to. Uh, it, we're not thinking it's going to happen to people our age, right. uh, but God had other plans, right? Uh, if He brings They're you to it, out. He'll bring you through it. Absolutely. Thank goodness for that. absolutely uh, and that's that's what i try to get a hold of and i try to communicate to folks that we don't know if something could ever happen right
1: Tomorrow
0: yeah. uh, tomorrow's not promised it, it never is is, is Alicia. Mm-hmm. i mean we hope it's going to be a nice sunny day it's what the weather calls for but i mean let's face it that's one job being a weather forecaster i've never seen anybody get fired for <laughs> predicting the weather wrong You just uh i've never seen a weather man or weather woman get fired for predicting the weather's wrong <laughs> not yet uh But life can deal with us, uh, different obstacles from one day to the next. And with that in mind, one of the products that I talk a lot about that I have is the living benefits that I have with Transamerica. And you know it's not something that can cure cancer. That can cure a heart attack or a stroke or a lot of illnesses. But it's something that I have found that a lot of people like to have as a shock absorber. That if it did happen to somebody our age, younger, even older, if they've got something like that in place, if somebody had that, that could protect their family financially, do you think something like that would be beneficial to people?
1: Oh, yeah. I I mean, that was the one thing that I will say, like, looking back, we even had a conversation, like, coming home from the hospital, and I even looked over it and told him I was just like, It wasn't fun preparing for your death but if something was to happen like um, we were good we were prepared and we had things in place um, to help with that and like that we would have been we would have been okay you know and I think that as you know him being the head of our home like that's something that he probably honestly takes peace and in, in knowing that we have that in place, you know, and, and you're right, having having a policy like that is, it can mean, you know, financial life or death.
0: What would you say to the folks out there, Alicia, the folks that are out there that, uh, again, they're our age, right? They're our age. I just turned 49 back on Sunday. <laughs> I'm 49 years young. And it was the age I've always wanted to be. Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully next year I'm going to see 50. But as we talked about, it's not guaranteed. But for folks our age and younger, folks in general, that think that, you know what? Uh, by the way, that was a touching story. It was emotional, and it was real. That's what mm-hmm. I like about it. For the folks out there that think that, you know, it may it's a it's a terrible thing that happened, but it'll probably happen to somebody down the street. Maybe somebody I know the bullseye will never be on me. What would you say to those folks that could be thinking that that may be putting something off like life insurance or getting a good policy that will be there for them? What would be your advice to them folks today that could be thinking that?
1: Well, usually if you think that it's not going to be you, then you might want to (laughs) start preparing because it usually is. Um, Because that's the number one thing that, everyone says is I didn't think that this could happen to me. Um, I mean, we see people day in and day out. Uh, In fact, actually, we just had a friend that passed that was, you know, our age that never would have thought that that was to happen um, to them or to their family. And I think that's one of the things is just like You have to prepare you have to think like that you have to you know make sure that your loved ones are going to be taken care of and um is it financially a burden sometimes yes it is you know but it's also a risk that you know you're willing to take or if you're willing to take that risk then you are risking the consequence of not having it um so i i know for me The whole time I was by his side in the hospital, the last thing I wanted to think about was a bill. The last thing that I wanted to think about was, you know, are we going to be able to make our mortgage or, you know, something to that extent. I mean, let's be honest, we're both small business owners that, you know, if we're not working, then we're not earning. So had it not been for what we had prepared, then I couldn't have fully been present for everything that was going on, whether that be the last moments of his life or a pivot point in his life, you know, to witness the the greatness of a miracle that God literally bestowed upon both of us. So well put.
2: Well put. Yeah. Um way I think about it is I mean death is certain, obviously. How death shows up is uncertain. So I would never want to take a chance that I'm not prepared for when and how it's going to show up. So um, we all know somebody, a friend, family member, who has died early, suddenly from this unknown thing. So why we think that we'll never be that friend or that family member that could experience that is is crazy to me. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's just smart. I mean, I, I think... If something happened to me, I definitely want my people to be taken care of, so I'm going to do everything in my power to put things in motion that will ensure that that's going to happen.
0: Right. Well put. So, Darnell, this happened in February. We're here right here toward the end of August, creeping into September. Uh, you're here with us. So I got out of the plans, right, Alicia? Yeah. He wasn't done with Darnell. Well,
1: it's actually funny you say that. So the first 24 hours, they were like, you know, this is going to be hit or miss, touch and go. The second 24 hours, like literally leading into the 48, um, it actually got worse um, to the point to where like – even the nurses were blasting uh, praise and worship music with oh, us so just right. to um, keep his spirits up and where they needed to be. And then uh, that third day he made a turn and they were like, yeah, you know he might be here for another two weeks, but like we're we're seeing some promising numbers. Um, and then he literally walked out of the door of the hospital the very, on the fourth day. Right. so, um, yeah, we, we got to witness God work a miracle in him, and we seen such a outpour from our community. I mean, like, we had churches that were shutting down literally just to do prayer nights for him. Um, I mean, there was probably over 6,000 people that, like, were just praying steadily and heavily for him. Definitely.
2: Like I said, it had it just been me having to rely on me I don't think I ever would have made it through it. I mean, I between the the hospital staff, my wife, my kids, friends and family, um that's what got me through it because I I know I think on night 2, like mm-hmm. she said, night 2 was probably the worst night. I because of the medicines I was taking, I couldn't take pain meds. So, I was having to do exercises to bring my lungs back online and while my pain meds were in me I was doing a lot of the work but when the pain meds wore off the effects from the work I did on my lungs it was probably the worst pain I ever experienced in my life and like if there was ever an easy button to where I could say I'm checking out right now I probably would have hit it <laughs> that night and like I said the only thing got me through I, is literally all of that I she probably didn't know this, but I think the first night, I woke up in the middle of the night, and sh- there she was listening to worship music. In one of the songs, it was saying that your story's not over. Your story's not over. Amen. And I just kept playing that in my mind. And and like I said, three days later, I walked a little bit, and then I walked up out of there. You know, Alicia, yeah. Alicia says something about that earlier about... On the third day,
0: yeah, and then you said th- something about that third day, right? Oh, that's right. And, right, so yeah. that is, you know, oh. that's a that's an outstanding story. It, it's a real story, and it's true. It hits home because of of the faith you have, right, mm. with what you have in place. And uh, I just uh, I thank you so much for coming here today and sharing your story with not only me but with a lot of people that are out there that are viewing this podcast because there's so many out there and you know we've all been there you know life happens and, and let's face it life's quick I mm. as I said earlier I'm 49 I truly believe it seems like that there's not enough time in a day but when I look back you know back in the 80s when I was a little young a young lad a high spirited the lad <laughs> there was still 60 minutes an hour 24 hours in a day and Seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Seems like when you're younger, things never, nothing's ever fast enough. Mm-hmm. You get older, and it's, you think, man, when's it going to slow down? Uh, uh, so life happens. Uh, you folks were have been spectacular in this presentation here. Your story. Uh, I'm just glad you were able to come here today and share it with a lot of folks out there because they're just like us, right? You're just like your next door neighbors. Mm-hmm. They're people, and illnesses. They don't dis- they don't discriminate, do they? No,
1: they it
0: don't. could happen to anybody in any time. Folks, today you got to talk to Alicia Morgan and Darnell Morgan of our Muscle RX and Resilient Performance uh, Movement and Performance. I think I got that right. You got it. <laughs> Prominent business owners right here in the uniform of Hickory, North Carolina, with a great story. Hey, listen. Go by and check them out. You've got Facebook pages, right? Uh, Websites. Yep. Learn more about muscle RX and resilient movement and performance. Great businesses. Uh, As you've heard here today, good businesses, uh, God fearing businesses too. So, I mean, that's what, uh, that's what gets us through that. So, uh, Alicia Darnell, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. It's been my pleasure. And, uh, Folks, I am Dr. J with You for a Life and Retirement, reminding you to, uh, if you do not have a plan in place, or even if you do, look me up, check me out. Let me show you why I do have a lot of great products that can be used as a shock absorber against illnesses such as heart attack, stroke, and cancer, and other illnesses alike. Thank you so much. I look forward to talking to you next time. God bless.